This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So recently, someone tweeted a ticker at me on Twitter and said he was buying this, this ticker. And I'd never heard of it before. So I looked it up on Zax.com and saw that it had no Zax rank. But upon looking closer, I saw that it wasn't a stock, but it was a mutual fund. And I'm a little little taken aback by that because I haven't thought about mutual funds in quite some time, <laughs> maybe 10 years or so, maybe a little longer. So that's a little unusual. Who's buying mutual funds anymore? And I realized this was a good question to discuss here on the podcast because this particular mutual fund was a small cap value fund. So the name of it is Royce value trust and the ticker is rvt and it's a small cap closed end fund and it's been managed since 1986 by the same portfolio manager yes the same guy has been running it chuck royce himself so he's uh, kind of a legend because he's been around that long and he's still managing it he does have some co-managers some of who've been with him at least for 10 years but um, yes, he's been in there since 1986. That was when mutual funds were king and uh, mutual fund managers were like rock stars in the 80s, including um, Peter Lynch and others. But since then, as we know, mutual funds have been basically eclipsed by uh, ETFs, which kind of do the same thing for uh, less expense. But I did think it was an interesting question because obviously actively managed funds can actively manage. You're not getting something that's passive or that's just following like an index or something like that. So maybe it would be a better thing for value investors to be in something that's actively managed, especially with value out of favor right now. So what this uh, mutual fund is, it's a small cap fund but they define that as a market cap of up to $3 billion. I think it's averaging, I think I saw $2.2 billion right now is the average market cap size. And they say that they've outperformed the benchmark um, for 1, 3, 5, 20, 25, 30 years, and since inception, which was November 26, 1986. And this is through the end of December 2019. Um, I did notice that the 10-year is missing in there, and I'll talk about that in a second. But basically, they've been outperforming for all of those uh, key years, but this fund tracks the Russell 2000 index. It's not tracking the S&P 600, um, which is the small cap uh, like value index. It's not tracking a value index at all. It's just tracking the small cap index, the Russell 2000. And I thought that was a little bit interesting choice, but back in 1986, there probably wasn't um, any kind of value index thing that they could track. So since it's small cap value, they just decided we're going to track the small cap index. But because of that, um, you get a little bit of skewed uh you know, analysis because they did outperform the small cap index, but we don't know what they've done against any other value type of index. Um, so 
that is interesting as well. So the one-year return on RVT, which is the ticker here, is 35.2%. And the Russell did 25.5 last year, basically. That was through December 31st, 2019. So very nice beat, almost 10% beat there against the just general small cap index. Five-year, they're at 9.4 versus the Russell at 8.23%. The 10-year is the one year they didn't outperform, but they only missed it by a slim margin. So 10-year, 11.67. The Russell was 11.83, so just barely under it. 20-year, they do see more of an outperformance, uh, 10.45% versus the Russell at 7.59. Since inception, so since 1986, 9.87%, and the Russell's at 9.42. So this, uh, because it's small caps and the market cap's a little bit bigger, it is a little bit uh, pricier on a PE basis. The weighted average PE is 24.4. The Russell is at 19. And price to book is the same, 2.2 and 2.2. This is mostly U.S., 86.7% versus non-U.S. of 17%. So you get a little bit of a mix in there. It also has a lot of holdings, 476. And I was surprised by that because in an actively managed portfolio, I'm not sure I know know 476 companies. (laughs) Can you keep track of all those? Imagine being on all the conference calls for 476 companies or making... Um, you know, site visits, or I don't know, This that's very difficult. That's why he's got several co-managers. I'm sure they, you know, spread out the work amongst them all. But also another interesting thing, and this is also what you're paying for with active management, is their expertise on where they see the stronger industries. So in this portfolio through the end of December, 2019, industrials were the biggest category at 26.9%. Financials were just 16.3%. Now, in the Russell, financials are um, among the biggest, no, the second biggest at 17.7%. And the industrials are just 15.8%. So he has uh, almost 10% more in the industrials here than the regular Russell. Financials, Almost the same, just slightly below on the financials, but information technology is 20% of this portfolio. It's just 13.6% of the Russell. That's probably where some of the outperformance is coming from. He's more heavily weighted in technology. And then uh, materials, 12.2%, and it's only 39 in the Russell. So that's a huge bet on materials. Um, another bigger area that he's making a bigger bet on is energy, 6.7% versus 3.2% in the Russell. And then the ones he's underweighting compared to the Russell is healthcare. He's only at 5.6. Russell's at 18.2, the largest of the categories on the Russell. And utilities, just 0.2%, so almost nothing in the utilities versus 3.7% in um, the Russell. So that's just uh, you know a quick overview of what is in these 476 
holdings that are in this portfolio. But if you are betting on an active manager, you don't want it to look like the Russell 2000, right? Because otherwise, what are you paying them for? So you're betting on their expertise. Now, what do you have to pay to get that expertise? It's not as bad as I thought. The management fee is 0.42 and then other expenses is 0.2. So for a total of 0.6% are your fees. But that is going to be higher than just buying an ETF in these, you know, in the Russell or any kind of value ETF. So I decided to take a look and see what kind of expenses and what the difference is on some of the other funds you could be buying versus the actively managed fund. So there is always just the Vanguard small cap value ETF. I've talked about this one. The ticker is VBR. I do own this one in my own personal portfolio. Their one-year return, though, is was 22.7%. That was through the end of December versus, again, RVT, this Royce Value Trust, at 35.2. So it definitely outperformed the Vanguard, just general small cap value. Now, this fund has double, almost double what is in the Royce fund. It has 854 stocks. So it's a pretty big universe. The median market cap now is much higher than it used to be. It's at $4.1 billion now. So that's like mid-cap size. <laughs> so I don't know how many of these are truly small caps anymore, but it's hard to find small caps, like legit ones, that are value. So they have to expand the universe a little bit on these ETFs. Uh, the PE, though, is a lot lower. It's just 16 times here with a price to book of 1.7, also lower. But what are you getting in the Vanguard small cap value as far is the sector's financials. Remember, it's huge, 35.2%. The industrials, also big, 22%, followed by consumer services at 10.3%, and then you get the tech down there at just 7%. So um, you could see, again, where the actively managed is going into those hotter areas like technology versus the passively managed that uh, this fund is that is massively weighted towards the financials. So that's where you're getting some of the performance as those small cap banks have underperformed. Then I took a look at one of the other small cap, uh, the pure value ETF, and this has much fewer holdings wondering how this one compared. So remember, this is the Invesco S&P small cap pure value ETF. Ticker is RZV. And this one has a very small market cap. It's actually following its mandate here of $817 million and um, only has 149 holdings. So they keep it small to find true value. Although the average PE is 31.5. Maybe they can't find enough true small cap that's cheap. I guess not. Price to book, though, is much better at 0.6. So something to keep in mind here. It's hard to run even these ETFs and find the right stocks that go in there. Um, Ten-year, this one has a track record of 9.95%, but it tracks the S&P 600 small cap value index. And that's at 12.5. So it is underperforming the actual index. 
five-year, only 3.4% return. The S&P 600 value index is at 8.26. So that's a real underperformance there in the five-year. Now, I did take a look at total expenses on this one because someone does, well, it's not actively managed per se. Um, They do have to kind of manage what's in the 149 holdings. They have to rebalance. They have to make sure that it's following their parameters on pure value and all of that. So you're going to, there are going to be a little bit more management expenses here and it's 0.35% here on the pure value. Um, So, but that's, that's still under the 0.6 that you're getting on the Royce. And then I thought when I saw that that the Invesco one is really underperforming the S&P 600 value index. I'm like, well, I wonder if there is just an ETF that is the S&P 600 small cap value index. And sure enough, there is. You could have just bought that index and um, done pretty well. And it's by Vanguard and it's the Vanguard Small Cap 600 Value ETF, and it's V-I-O-V, as in Victor. So all those are Vs. V as in Victor, I-O-V. This one has an expense ratio of just 0.15%. So um, if you just want to own, you know, flat out the index, that value index, then this is the one to be looking for. It hasn't been around 10 years quite yet this Vanguard ETF, but the five-year return is uh, tracking nearly at the index, 8.12% versus 8.26, like I said, for the index. And um, the one-year return on this one, 24.46 was the one-year return. So small caps did underperform a little bit uh, versus the S&P 500 um, last year in 2019. So yeah, some of these are interesting and um, you're going to, you know, you're paying for the expertise in the actively managed. Now, I thought I'd take a look at another actively managed fund that I haven't looked at for years and years um, because the main manager I used to follow who worked there has retired. So these are the first Eagle funds and there's one called the U.S. Value Fund. It used to be run by Jean-Marie Evelard. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Eviard maybe is how you pronounce it. But he's a legend in the investing uh, community, especially in value. And um, he had outperformed for years and years. So um, he had that great track record. But I wanted to take a look at this one. F-E-V-A-X is the ticker. And now it has four managers as well. It's just 63 companies. So they do keep it very narrow it has a huge market cap because this is not a small cap one at 30 billion is the average market cap but this has that load scenario going on for the expenses um so if you invest less than $25,000 you have to pay 5% just to buy the fund anything over a million dollars you get no no fee so i don't know about you but that's going to kind of limit if i'm going in there because i'm why would i give upfront for this fund. That doesn't make any sense, really. Um, And then there's an annual operating expenses, of course. Management fees are 0.75. That's pretty high management fees when we had 0.4 in management fees for the Royce fund. 
and total annual operating fees are 1.1%. And while you might think, oh, what's the big deal? Just 1%, as we know now, that really adds up. That really eats into your returns. Um, So keep that in mind. What are the returns on this? Without the load, the one-year return was just 4.75%. So again... Um, That small cap, well, let's compare it to, well, we'll compare it to the Vanguard small cap value one. That one-year return was 22.7. So we had one year at 4.75%. And then even the Royce, um, let me see, I'm looking through my paper. Oh, yeah, the Royce killed it again, 35.2%. So I'm not sure why I would want these actively managed these, this fund in particular as value when I could find um, a larger cap value ETF that tracks, you know, some kind of index for relatively not quite free, but close to it. A lot of them are all cheap now with Schwab, uh, Vanguard, Fidelity, all offering cheap ETFs now. But the question to come back to is on something like the Royce Value Trust, should you pay extra for the management, for the expertise, for them to pick, you know, a a bigger weight in industrials and information technology to try to outperform. They did outperform last year versus the Russell, um, but, and they have this great track record of, you know, outperforming in these certain time periods, but you are paying that extra, you know, at least 0.5% every year. Now, one other thing, too, that um, the person who tweeted at me about the RVT pointed out is that it does pay a big dividend yield right now. So something in those 476 holdings um, are paying some decent dividends. I don't know if it's their their real estate investment or, or what is is paying it, or maybe even energy, which pays the bigger yield, but it is yielding 7% right now versus I looked up the Vanguard small cap value uh, dividend is just 2%. So that can go in huge in your returns, right? If you're getting a 7% uh, dividend yield on top of hopefully outperforming. So maybe that's worth spending a little bit more on um, the expense side in order to get it. But you have to uh, really look at people's performance and um, understand what the philosophy of that individual manager is. Now, Chuck has been, again, managing it for over 33 years, almost 34 now. Um, So he's got a lot of experience and a great track record behind him. So um, I'm not necessarily against the actively managed mutual funds. I own all the ETFs in my uh, personal portfolios. And I, like I said, haven't thought about doing an actively managed fund for a long time, just based on um, the fact that most active managers cannot beat the overall indexes and um, the expense ratio. But if you find one that can and that you like that story, then um, it might be something to keep on your list and to at least watch or, um, you know, consider allocating some money to. 
in addition to some of your ETFs, perhaps. So that's um, a look into the mutual funds, which I've never covered here on the Value Investor Podcast, uh, but it's good to, and it was good to take a look and see what some of these just general ETFs are doing. And because I discovered that S&P small cap 600 value ETF, which um, I didn't think or know was really out there either. So let's recap all these tickers. If you want to go check out some of these ETFs and mutual funds yourself. So there is the Royce Value Trust and that's RVT is the ticker there. And the first Eagle ones uh, with that load scenario is FEV is in Victor AX. And then we had just the Vanguard small cap ETF, which is VBR. That's the one I've talked about many times in the past. It's the basic one. I own that one. Then there's the Invesco S&P small cap pure value ETF, RZV. This used to be the Guggenheim one, but Invesco bought Guggenheim. So now it's Invesco's. RZV, again, is that ticker. And then if you just want that index, why not just get the S&P 600 value um, index itself? That's by Vanguard, V-I-O-V. Now, remember, I'm bringing you stocks every week. This time we did look at the funds again and these mutual funds, but I will be bringing you more value stocks if we can find some with this market rally. But there are, of course there are, there's always some value stocks, but I'll be digging around and trying to root out the best names in the coming weeks. And earnings season should bring us some uh, interesting stories as well on the value side. So let's see what develops over the next couple of weeks. You want to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can get us on Spotify, of course, and we're on SoundCloud always, but only under the Zach's Market Edge logo over there. So search for Zach's Market Edge to get two for one shows. And Apple Podcasts, we're also standalone. So just search for Value Investor Podcast. You'll find us there. And we're on a whole bunch of other platforms too. You might just Google it, put it in there and see what comes up because we are everywhere. But be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And I will be back again next week with some more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.